On February 20th in London, Joshua Coombs and Gary sat down for an hour plus business Q&A. Enjoy. Uh, first, I just want to thank everybody for being here. I'm sure there's, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you decided to be here. So I appreciate that. I'd love to do as much Q&A as possible. And I think for, you know, anybody in the audience, whatever the questions are and whatever genres, if you, if you want to talk about the New York Jets, American football, that is something I can speak to or anything else you'd like to speak to about. But, you know, just having a sense of the audience and, and knowing there's a mix of entrepreneurship and a mix of corporate, in this journey that you're going through, when, you know, I'm always fascinated when someone does something, I think that the most interesting things I see in the world are more based on counter-punching skills than they are on the game plan you had going into the fight, right? I, I think the ability to recognize the collateral from your movement as a person or as an organization or as a business and contextualizing it to the reality of what's happening, not the hypothesis or thesis you came into it, is super duper important and, and I would argue a very important thing for every person in this room, whether professionally or personally, to think about because that's then practical instead of pontificating or a hypothesis. For you, going through this, you start something, you decide, you start a hashtag, you know, you know, if you met me on day one and said, hey, I'm gonna do this hashtag, I would've been like, bro, don't do a hashtag. Hashtags are not ownable. Like, you can put it out there, but right now I can use your hashtag to siphon the people who are paying attention to that to sell a razor. I could. Mm -hmm. Like, any, they're, they're not ownable. But I, what I wanted to ask that I thought could bring the most value to this group is, what's been the biggest surprise as you've gone through this journey? Like, what did you ideology-wise have in your head three years ago that's just fundamentally different today? Yeah, so that's a, a really, really good point because for me, I, I just, I guess that's what I, I can hands up say I did not have going into this is like that kickback questions. Once I start, I just went in with an idea and went out and started executing it and that was that. But the biggest surprise for me for sure has been the, the, sm the tiniest amount of people have kicked up against this. And I mean that in a way of like the competitive world of charity and business and all kinds of different things. I have felt almost zero competition in what I'm doing. And although it's like super important too, I've thought plenty of times like, yeah, it's just a hashtag. Anyone can take, do something for nothing and do what they want with it. But I kind of want them to do that. I want them to go ahead and do exactly that. And I suppose there's enough populating this already that you can see what it's about. And I feel so lucky the fact that there's already enough of a journey to go. If someone tried to come in and it wasn't authentic, I think it would be right out pretty much immediately. But the biggest surprise honestly has been the amount, the the small amount of haters I've had is quickly transitioned into I feel like people who who see this for what it is, and I don't think that's anything to do with me personally. I think it's just that I'm not trying to shout at anyone. I'm just saying here's how I'm doing it. Just playing that amplifier, and it seems to like have worked. That's great. Sounds like a bit of a bullshit way to say oh nothing's gone wrong. That's the biggest surprise. But well, like, well, I I think nothing. You know, I I speak about that too. I mean, I think nothing goes wrong when you don't have expectation. Yeah. You know, I think people I think people have a lot of things going wrong because they fucking expected something. It's why people struggle with giving. M giving is giving on the person that you're giving it to term, not yours. The, you know, the amount of giving that is being done in the world that is disguised as manipulation to get something that you want after you give is the reason that giving has cynicism around it. It's not giving, it's manipulation. To me, to me, what we, you know, we were talking something to share. We were just jamming a little bit upstairs. You know, something that I've been affected by in just giving or social good, or we're, we got into brands and business talk a little bit, is that you know the the biggest issue to me about you know companies and social good have not been the biggest companies in the world. It's been the startups who are using good as a front to their financial ambitions. The amount of companies after Tom's was successful. I, I personally, and I was kind of slowing down my investing during this period, I personally sat through 40 to 70 pitches where the person walked in and said some sob story about why they were so passionate about the redheaded ant 
you know, the insect in Afghanistan and how every time somebody bought this cola, they would donate a cola to that ant or the kid or this or that. And then when I looked at the economics around the business, they weren't giving jack shit. They inflated the price of the product so much that they were able to make their full margin and then give back whatever they were, theor- I mean, as we all know, there's been plenty of buy one, give one. And, and it got me so cynical to the majority of the altruistic entrepreneur who was fr- using good as a front. And I think we have, a, we have a lot of understanding that when big brands do things, we're always cynical. But to me, they've been dramatically better social players than the entrepreneurs <laughs> who are out there fronting that they're saving the world, but they really just give a shit about their economics. Yeah, and I and I think and I think I see so many people like day to day in the in the work I do. Like I see people really killing it all the time, and no eyes are on them whatsoever. Like I see people who are absolutely smashing it in their commu- communities every single day, and no eyes are on them. And I think that actually I I agree, and that's what we were saying upstairs. I think when you have a front and it kind of hasn't got the uh, the guts and the kind of um, anything else to offer, I think it is even worse because then you're using something as a mask that really shouldn't be used as a mask. It's really about people and it's about one another. So I think the way I've seen the brands are turning and helping is being able to find those change makers, being able to find those individuals who are already doing it in their communities and being able to highlight them and support them in a way. Because I mean, so many people who need that support, but they are just, they're just doing it and they're not expecting it, but they could probably do a hell of a lot more if they had that engine. Um, so yeah, I think, it's, um, I think it's important to kind of recognize those people maybe who are already, I mean, and... As far as having too many ideas going in, maybe people do. I don't know. I've had that experience where people have maybe had this foolproof plan about how they're going to give. And I guess for me, it's just about going out there and I just talk to people. I just have a conversation. You know, that's why I think literally I'm not doing anything. I like I'm I'm up here because of a journey. I'm not up here because I'm any I'm, I talk to people. I have a conversation. I look I say hello to people. That's what I do. You know? Yes. I mean, I think I think one of the fascinating things about so I'm pretty uncomfortable you know, it's funny, I'm so comfortable publicizing I want to buy a sports franchise, but I'm outrageously uncomfortable and a lot of my inner circle's curious about, um, I'm uncomfortable talking about the things I do in nonprofit. I, I once had to, after I got into a huge Twitter rant seven years ago, meet somebody at a Starbucks and show them my tax return because I got into this like tiff. Nonetheless, um, it was, it, what, why I bring that up is, I'm fascinated by what people want to talk about, don't want to talk about, and I think that's up to everybody. But in that same parallel, the thing that became more obvious to me is it's stunning that at this point in my life, it's far more easy for me to write a check to a nonprofit than sit on the boards that I'm on or actually give time, right? And I think it's, you know, and and by the way, I I tell when I say that a lot of times, my friend, I had a friend who heard me say that in some podcast, and he like hit me up, I got on the phone with him, he's like, man, I feel bad, I should start doing some, like actually giving time, like bro, I'll be honest with you, like plenty of organizations need money. Like, like this is not about like one or the other, it's just like what do you have to give? Like a lot of startup people are like, I don't have money, I'm like you have your time. Like you wanna build a business and you have no money? Good news, you have your time. Like go reply to every single person on Twitter talking about your topic. Like, like that's what I did, like you know, you got one or the other and I think, when I think about giving, I think a lot about time or money just like I do with businesses. And I think that's an interesting, another thing that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about. Yeah, and, that's, and I'm so glad you touched on that because it's like, it's, it's, it's you're identifying what your time is and how it's best given as well. Like, I mean, a lot of people will message me and get in touch with me and be like, yo, I want to come out of you on the street and hang out. Or like, let's go out and give, give, give on the street people. And I'm like, there's this guy, Franco, who's here tonight, who's, who's helping me. He just came out of the woodwork from nowhere and he's like, I'm an editor. Someone introduced me. I'm like, that's so valuable. Oh my God, I've got someone to help me edit some stuff for the first time ever. I'm like, oh God, that's incredible. I mean, I'm just saying, that's just one example of like you and your time can be spent all kinds of ways. It's going to, again, bring people up and kind of help, like direct help. This this goes back to giving, it's funny, because I'm sure you get hit up by people who are like, hey, I want to go out with you. Mm -hmm. And because what they want is they want to go out with you, take a selfie with you, get the awareness that they were with you because they think you're cool or it's cool, and that's what they're actually trying to accomplish. This goes back to like giving on the other person's terms. I mean, I literally get 700 emails a month when somebody knows I'm gonna be in some town. Like Gary, like in the title, like great news, I will pick you up from the airport and drive you to your hotel. I wanna really give. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) 
I'm like, that's $48 Uber ride. I need my peace and quiet to catch up with the work when I land from the flight. You don't wanna give me a ride. You want me to give you fucking consulting for 45 minutes while we drive. You can save your lunch that you want me to buy, that you wanna buy for me and all that. And I'm fascinated by, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll hit up those kids. They're like, yo, it's not working. I'm like, cause you're not giving. When you're DMing somebody, you're asking. You're trying to take. Like, you know, it's, it's, really, it's a really funny thing to try to get somebody to click on what the definition of giving is. And uh, people struggle with selflessness. They really do. They, they, they struggle with not being selfish in the disguise of giving. And I think the second they, the reason I want to talk about it and keep throwing out these examples is once you're aware of it, people aren't even, oftentimes aren't aware. You know, but once you become aware of it, I actually think it changes the entire framework of this conversation. Do you have a definition, Gary, of selflessness? You know, so I, I think giving, and I used, you know, whether I use selflessness or giving, for me, it's like, what do you want? Right? Like, if I'm gonna give or if I'm gonna be something, like, if, if I'm doing something for you, it can't be what I think you need. It can't be what I have to give you or what's convenient for me to give you. It has to be what you want what you need. The other party, if you're giving, the other party needs that thing. And so that's the part that keeps playing over and over in my head. Like, you know, giving with expect, the two core things I'm fascinated by is people are great at giving when they have something to give, but if the other person doesn't want it, that's not giving. And then much scarier to me, the one that I'm most cynical to, is I'm gonna give to you right now because I have something I want from you in three, even if you're strategic and in three and a half years, there's something I want from you. I don't mind if somebody's thoughtful and can conceive that there may be, I, I even do that. I do things that like, oh, this could, it's that I don't expect. Do you think that's an obstacle in people's giving? A hundred thousand percent. No, in actually being afraid that they're being selfish in their giving. Uh, you know what's funny? I've thought about that a little bit. I'm not sure, but fuck, I'd much rather that be the case than the alternative, right? Like, I'd much rather people struggle that they're, that they're you know, with how they're giving versus being having a loaded gun on, on their giving, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, for me, I've, I've come to learn that I like admiration. I want a statue, I don't want money, right? And so, so my selfishness, is that I want to be admired and liked and appreciated and thus I've defaulted into giving, right? You know, in whatever way I think about it. Like, but yeah, I think it's a very interesting, I, you know what's fun, because I know there's a lot of business people here, it's how I market. I think it's all very tied together. It's being consumer-centric, it's being human-centric. I think giving is a really important like concept because I think the way people have it framed is so much more selfish I'm gonna share something I've shared very few times in my life. That's right. <laughs> Probably the single biggest disappointing moment in my life of something I absolutely did not see at all. And when I was faced with it, just like took the wind out of my body was when I started joining nonprofit boards and realized almost everybody that was there to network with people to do shit in the outside world in business, not because they were there for the giving. I wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook for a very specific reason. I thought the best way to market is to give, 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 and then ask and not expect. Not give, 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 and then take. When you, when you give, you give. When you're asking, you're asking. Don't be half pregnant in your giving. Don't be half pregnant in your ask when you want to sell something. It just crushed me. And, it, and you know, it was like literally the second meeting I ever had. First one was a little weird. Second one, I kind of looked around during like, you know, it's a three hour board meeting. We're trying to save, build schools in Ghana. And then I'm just listening to what everybody's actually saying when they're grabbing fruit or going for a pee break. And I'm like, fuck, it, it crushed me. Um, and then I saw it again heavily with the but when Tom's was successful, the give one, like that was very obvious to me. And I see companies doing it all the time. Companies, like companies are trying to be good or be more diverse or do the right thing. They're companies, they're trying to make money. And like we sense it, but I think we are cynical to big companies and I think we need to be more thoughtful about individual humans because humans are hiding. Humans are hiding and I think 
if humans understood how life actually works, which is when you have something to give and you give and you give without expectation. When you truly, right? I mean, this is what I sensed from our jam. I think it's working for you because you literally have no fucking expectation. Yeah, my only expectation is literally when I go to sleep at night, I'm just like, my expectation is that guy I've seen that day and how he felt and how I felt. Like, it's so low. And I know some people are like, you know, my benchmark is so low on what is a good day for me. And that sounds really awful. It's really, really not. It's just that I said it somewhere that's it's completely based on my own expectation. And that's that's exactly where it is. But for me, for me, I just I just see I see the like having time for one another, whether that's a company or whether that's an individual, I just think I guess it's harder to to, to see with a bigger brand like I know it needs a bit more of a buffer to be able to create those store to be able to like we've all seen those campaigns that go wrong and like we've questioned them and I think sometimes that does need a buffer and a bridge and I've been in positions before where I have been like should I do this because I don't know where that ruins what I'm doing and it's it is a difficult place but I know that it's definitely worth creating more of a space for these things and that's why I wanted to kind of lead and ask you Gary as well what do you what do you feel as far as putting this stuff out like I put this out on social media all the time my Instagram is full of this stuff I'm doing where I'm like I'm doing something for someone else and obviously that's a very kind of like, some of you might be thinking now, it's like, oh, nice one, man, this is great, but like telling a hell of a lot of people how nice you're being to, to, to someone. And I try and keep it somewhere that's very much about, I guess, like I said, these people, but I think... I think, you know, I'm just going to jump in. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's intent. I think it's intent. Like, Gary, you're such a narcissist. All your content is you. I'm like, I'm trying to say something to people that I hope they take and I expect nothing from them, I ask nothing of them, and I hope they take it and do something with it. That is the form of how I know how to communicate it. I'm sorry I'm in the video. <laughs> like, you, like, if you were trying to get everybody to watch so that you, everybody here thought you were the best guy, so then you could rope-a-dope them and get them into some sort of like $5,000 a month club to be good, then you're a dick face. If you don't, and you live your life and you do it, and then you die, you're the best. I, I'm not joking. I think intent is the thing. I put my head on the pillow. I think I'm gonna make mistakes every day. I will make mistakes. I am a human. I will do things that are wrong. I am a human. I will say I'm sorry when I'm wrong. I will take losses when I deserve them. But the intent is fucking amazing. Like It's why I'm so fucking calm. It's why I'm happy as fuck. It's why I'm so grateful. It's why I'm able to give because I'm so fulfilled. That like I give out of guilt and gratitude. Right, like I'm just, I know exactly what's happening with me and I'm trying to get people to change their perspective, but I'm really not trying to, like, I like the feeling of somebody getting benefit from something you, that's what I'm sure that gets you excited. Like watching somebody go do something meaningful because they thought it was cool that you cut somebody, like that's an incredible feeling. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it gives me all the hope in the world. That's what motivates me to carry on doing this. Every time someone takes this and does their own thing with it, that's exactly it. So I agree. I think that's... The the thing that I admire about you in the limited time and context I have for you that I think is important to make me palpable that I would highly recommend people think about is what is your level of humility? Like I say, I said it in the 4Ds just now with some people, I really meant it. Like if I die tomorrow, I think I'll have a good three hour run on social media where everybody will share their favorite piece of content or whatever, whatever it might be. And literally every single person that is even my superest fan and consumes me 30 hours a day, a week later will be on to their life. And I think when you actually, like I'm trying to fuck, I wanna impact 7.7 billion people. That is my ambition, my ambition is to share what my mom did so well with me and pass it on. And my mom, my dad, my circumstances, but really my fucking mom, the way she parented me in that optimism and positivity but with accountability, right? That balance, which I think we've lost in modern parenting. If I can share that, impact people, get them into perspective, like I push out my content like 400 trillion to one. Look, if you like, who likes math in here? You should be happy as fuck. Because when I tell you that your likelihood of being born is 400 trillion to one, and you go and do the math behind it and actually accept the modern science behind this, which is 400 trillion to one. If you actually wrap your fucking head around the fact that we're all humans and we're sitting here right now, and the likelihood of that is literally impossible, oh, I don't know, all of a sudden, shit gets happy. I'm being serious, I'm being real serious. People are like, why are you so happy? I'm like, if 13 people didn't die today, everything else is manageable. 
and I really live my life that way and that leads to happiness, but that's perspective and that lets you, but that is my goal. My goal is the wiring and serendipity of my DNA. Now that there's an internet, I'm like, fuck it. Let me share it at scale. I enjoy it. I like getting stopped at the airport and somebody saying, you change, like, I love it and I'm gonna do it and I, and I wanna reach all 7.7 billion people. I mean it with all my heart. But I also mean, and I mean this, and I think I can, and I might, and I really mean that. And I also think I mean jack shit. And once you get that fucking balance, shit gets good. And I think that's what you have. I mean that. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And I feel, I feel so much the same. I feel that like, that's kind of what I meant about my benchmark being low is and my ambition is super high. Like equally, I want to get this out there to thousands and thousands of people. I want this to be a, a continued global movement. I feel amazing every time I see it grow, but my benchmark is low in the sense that like, I am here. I'm like waking up each day. And in those small moments we have, which is just literally being aware for one another each day, the way we interact with one another each day is where it's at for me. You, fuck, I just thought of something. Three days ago, I'm so pissed. I, D-Rock, you around? Yeah. Good. So three days ago, one of the most interesting things happened just on this point that you're making. I was getting out of the car and I looked at the guy who was sitting in a truck and he was like a rugged looking dude. And I looked at him and I smiled and he smiled back at me. And I just remember thinking like, cause I do it all, I'm just happy and I do, I fucking love smiling at people because one, I live in New York and so like that just fucks with people in general. But it is one of the, you know, it's, it's, the, it's a much more lightweight micro version of what you're saying but it is stunning how much people enjoy if you look them dead in the eye while walking by them in the airport or on the street and smile at them, how stunningly warm the rea- reaction is by people. And, and I think like, I think about these things because I'm like, okay, if I start really pushing this, well then it's gonna become a tactic. And it, you know, but then I'm like, back to your question, like giving too much, I'm like, but that's still good because that's better than not doing. Like I think about this shit all the time, but I don't know, it hit me so hard. I don't know why it was this time. I don't know what the hell I sensed or what, you know, what was going on. It was just, it really like shook, like, you know, like I get goosebumps, I like feel shit sometimes. I was like, this was good. There was something there. I need to, I remember thinking like, where the fuck's D-Rock? Like we should have filmed this. Like, you know, and I'm, I, I think it's, I think this is an important topic. Yeah. I, re- I really do think this is an important topic. And by the way, I think the macro anxiety and tension in our world today, politically, I think is, the, is a tremendous thing. I just want everybody to know. I think it's a tremendous thing. One man's point of view. Yeah. Because I think it's our one step backwards for two steps forward because I think we're being exposed. Completely. Yeah, man, and that's exactly it. And I feel like if you believe that, which I think everyone in this room will, will believe mental health is real, will believe talking to one another is more important, then you gotta believe that something like a smile is the antidote to that. Because that stuff is real. And there's this guy I met, Paul, I said, near Victoria the other day, and he said to me, he was like, you know, it's funny, when you like do something for someone, and even if it's as small as just talking or a smile, like, you're not supposed to get it back in that moment. You're not supposed to get it back right then, but they might wander around the corner and they might like give it to someone else. And he was saying this really simplified way. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. He knows exactly what it's about and he hasn't overthought it. He just knows if he gives it out there, that's going to ripple. And that ripple to the start of your day, that can affect your creative, your work rate, your success in every way. I truly believe that. I think that even though it sounds small, it sounds like we might be feeling good now because the smile's great, but it's literally, I think it's a very real. Um... I'll tell you how real I think it is. I think that 37 years ago, which is five minutes ago, if we're sitting here and we're telling everybody here that meditation's the shit, we're some weird monks from fucking India. Right, yeah. Now every cool fucking hipster meditates every day and it's the core of their fucking existence. Uh-huh. Right? I mean this. I mean this, I think that it's really funny the timing of things that are fucking completely outlandish. The way we eat and exercise and mental, everything that we now think is standard, cool or right, 30 years ago was some left field shit. Just like being, my entire fucking life at this point secretly is to trick 15 to 25 year old alpha males that nobody else can get to except me and trick them into understanding that kindness and gratitude and empathy is the foundation of an alpha winner. Sounds ridiculous now. I know what's going on out there, but I'm telling you I can taste it. I know it and I know I can do it, or at least my part and that builds momentum. And we were talking upstairs, I said, we're talking a little bit about scale. I was like, just fucking execute. 
I genuinely believe that one woman, one man, just executing, just executing, can actually impact a lot of people. Because I think when you do the right thing, the amplification becomes inevitable. I really believe that. And I think now we live in a world where so much is being amplified naturally. I think what we need to be careful of when we get into great stuff like this is the caricature of. Tom's shoes can start out actually giving back, but then the manifestation changes. Social media originally was us sharing ourselves. Now we're the PR agents of ourselves on those platforms. Like literally somebody here is gonna go fucking hiking this weekend just for the fucking photo. You don't wanna hike. You need the Instagram photo showing that you're hiking. So we as humans can really become caricatures. The, no question, the biggest thing I talk to myself about is do not become the caricature of yourself because of what's happening with you. Which is why I don't consume. It's, I do not get hired to fucking own supply. You're shit. Just fucking execute. Don't get caught up. Yeah, I was going to ask like how you, how you keep in check with that each day, but I think I, I think you already answered it. Then it's, it's just like being accountable. I just genuinely and, know and, that nobody's going to give a fuck when yeah, I die. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's super easy. Yeah, it's yeah. super easy not to get too high. You can read. First of all, what's I like reading my negative comments way more than my positive ones. I mean it. I mean it. And I don't think they're trolls and haters. I really don't. I think that they've consumed me in a context and I need to be thoughtful about what they're thinking. Now, I do believe, I equally believe, that if you're taking time to consume people's, other people's content on the internet and then you have the energy to leave <laughs> terrible comments, you're, you're in a sad place yourself. You know, so usually when I read like Gary Vee, you're a snake oil salesman, my first default is, okay, why did they interpret this content this way, but even before I go there, my alpha, even before that, my first default is like, I feel bad for that person. Yeah, and, you, and you've just hit someone who you want to reach, right? You know, I mean, in some ways. I yeah, mean, no, I understand if, what you're if, saying. If I, because if I like uh, relate that to what I'm doing too, if I get that, that, that comment where it's like, oh yeah, but these people should get a job and all their drugs and all their yeah. this thing and that thing, I'm like, that's exactly who I want to talk to because otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Otherwise, someone else just nodding their head. You know? I, think, I think that's right. And I think, I think also you just have to understand humans. Humans only know two ways to build the biggest building in town. Most people's strategy of building the biggest building in town is by tearing down everybody else's building. There are a few people who just go out, put their head down, and try to just build the biggest building. And I think that uh, for whatever reason, that... that Thank God that moment that my parents decided to have sex and have a child, that, that default DNA that I have that I've never, the thought of tearing down other people for my success seems like such loser shit. Like, like when I watch other people try to tear down the competitive landscape for them to look big, it, it's the biggest tell of a loser. And a lot of people get micro big wins in that. That model works. You could build a building and everybody it works i think people get confused it works in the short term it's got no sustainability for legacy that person always loses at the end always but people are caught up in short-term roi because you're insecure and you care about other people's opinion like what is the balance of you genuinely want to do something good um, but you also have your own whatever ambitions or wants or needs. I, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons I talk way more about trying to buy the New York Jets than I do about all the good things I do is because I think I've wanted to speed up the interactions of not, I don't, I don't mind that people think what they think and I want to be, I think transparency matters. I think most people's vulnerability that are good humans are hiding whatever selfish things they want for themselves because they think it undermines their good. And I think you can carry two contradictory things within a human being and I think your work, your life's work will play out and we will judge in the end. I am outrageously interested in being booed in the third quarter. I just want to be cheered when it's triple zero. You understand? People struggle with that because it comes down to self-esteem and insecurities and many other things. I tell everybody that I meet along the way that I think is authentic, put your two fingers in your ears, execute in perpetuity, and let the fucking chips fall. That's the only way you'll ever be able to achieve something remarkable because when you are doing anything interesting or game-changing or like different, you're only gonna, I've only been booed my whole life. Every single thing I've done, basically from school to professionally, 
I mean, I took, I don't know if I've ever taken more heat for not opening a second liquor store with my dad. Like the entire liquor industry, which was my life, right? My dad's liquor industry in New Jersey was my life. Every one of those people fucking ridiculed the shit out of me for selling liquor on the computer? You're pouring all that money and selling liquor on the computer? You should open a second liquor store, right? So like, I think there's certain people entrepreneurs, givers, politicians, there's millions of different kinds of teachers. There's certain people who are just capable of doing that and I think the reason I talk a lot about it is my hope is if this one fucking answer can let them hear one less voice, that's moving the needle. Because you're either on offense or you're on defense. And dwelling about other people's opinions of how you live your life is defense. And I wanna remind everybody, the current state of political correctness moves. I have no interest in living my life and parenting my children on today's current state of how you should raise your children. You raise your children your way, I'll raise mine mine. Right, and I think that's something that I think anybody doing something has to navigate. The other thing is I try to convince nobody of anything. I have zero interest in convincing anybody that anything I say is right. Like zero. Like people are always like, Gary, how do you convince the clients to do social media? I'm like, I don't. I tell them what I believe and hopefully they'll do something about it. And if not, then I can't wait to see them in seven years when I can tell them, I told you so, dick. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I really feel like I win either way every time. I, I really feel like that's what happens. I'll either be historically correct and I'll razz you. All these kids that are not signing with Vayner Sports right now right, because me and my brother have this sports agency and we're, we're coming in second a lot because they're enamored, but we're still new and uh, this agency that's been doing it for 40 years and did it for my favorite player feels like a smarter bet. It's crazy, I fucking love it. There's a thing that came out about Kobe and Dwayne Wade this weekend where Dwayne Wade was talking about how he broke Kobe's nose in an all-star game and he's, like, he, he like called him like a day later and Kobe was like, no, no, I love it. I love that you fucking broke my nose. And everyone was just talking about how crazy Kobe was. And I was like watching that video, I was like, fuck, I so understand that. The only thing I like better than winning a piece of business is losing it. I genuinely enjoy it more. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I'm like, um, I, I just wanted to touch George on like, I, I, I like, for me, for me, the best thing to do, man, is when you, when you, feel that way or what the scenario you're des describing get out your scales and weigh up what feels better or what matters to you more is the better way to phrase it the good you're doing and how that feels because again coming back to your intent or those people who are haters on this side because guess what you, you're going to be you're going to be full up with that the and, reason why and, you're doing and by it by the way they're, they're back to hater like i really you know i'm really getting passionate about this i'm really i don't know where i'm going i'm almost doing this with all like you guys i'm passionate about this haters trolls thing i think people are quickly defaulting immediately if somebody doesn't agree with them and calling them a troll or a hater and they they may be but i think it's very i mean i'm genuinely mean this i take a lot of heat because i put myself very out there but i genuinely have become great friends with many people that shit on me or have come to understandings. It's very important, you know, like to be thoughtful. Like, look, mm -hmm. you somebody who might say you're a fucking jerk off and you're just trying to build a business, yeah. you don't know if their aunt committed suicide and that's like hurt them in their heart and they're just and you they know you're a business, they knew you before and you've been an entrepreneur. You know, you don't know. I just don't think we know. I think we're just I just I don't know. I'm getting very passionate about judgment. I'm still in my working stages on it. But like, it's crazy, I'm just like, I have opinions, I'm a normal human being, I got quick, I got hot takes on everything. But I know they're bullshit. Cause I know, even the people I know super well, even D-Rock, who I know super well, man, do I not know a lot. And so if that's the case, the hell am I doing with your one piece of content or your one question or, right? Like, you can go on intuition, all this, but like, I, I think we need to be more thoughtful about pushback because it's been very helpful for me. Like I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's important. Yeah, and I, and I think you allow, like through doing that, you allow yourself that. Like I wrote something a couple of days ago where I was saying to allow for like a stranger's bad day is to allow for yours. Like catch me on Monday morning without a coffee. Dear, oh dear, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm gonna be that person. Like definitely this week or next or whenever. And I think 
empathizing with another is empathizing with yourself and I think in relation to what we're saying with comments or you're right I mean I think labeling is just hate is actually what's well, a human it's a human who is coming from this place I'll, and I'll that's be honest like, with you most of the hate I get is when I if I'm very fair and I try I really I enjoy it and it's why I'm I think I am empathetic I'm like look this person saw this clip for one minute on Instagram it's the only thing they know about me I hit their explore page I'm very self-aware of my different personality traits and when I have the mic and you don't, I've got way more fire and bravado and energy than if we're just sitting one-on-one and it's only a minute and if I didn't contextualize it perfectly, it can be out of context and me out of context is a fucking disaster. (laughs) As are most people, especially with me with passions and opinions, out of context, big fucking trouble and so, if I can, see, I can see it through their eyes. And then there's also people that don't have vested interest in you being right. If you sell television commercials in America, you don't love me. You know, like, and that's fine, and that's fair. Like, I just, I, I try to educate, I, I try to have a conversation with those people. I have a lot of friends who sell things that I don't believe in, and we'll, we'll have a beer, and I'm like, look, do you actually believe it? Because some of my friends actually believe that buying a television commercial in 2019 is a, the best use of money to make something happen. That I love. That means we just have different points of view. My bigger problem is you're an SVP at a TV company, you're bonused on that business, and you're only saying it because that's what you're currently selling, and next month when you're an SVP at Facebook, you're shitting on TV. That I've got a problem with, not really, live your life, you're just not gonna win the long game because you won't be historically correct, so you're gonna damage your brand, your reputation, and I think that matters. I'm very proud of like saying what I believe in. I'm not gonna always be right, but I've never said anything I don't believe in for financial vested interest, which is why I don't feel vulnerable. My number one thing I can't wait for in the world right now in the micro and business is when I decide that social media is overpriced. Like, can't wait. If Cambridge Analytica didn't happen, it might have happened sooner, but I think I still got three to five years. But in nine years, with no hair, you're gonna see me on whatever the Instagram of the day is and I'm gonna be like, you're buying fucking Instagram, you asshole? And I can't wait, because that's when I'll be able to go full circle, because a lot of things that I struggle with in marketing today are the things I use to build Wine Library. Banner, I used to get 14% click-throughs on winespectator.com in 1997. 14. Like, I loved banner ads, but I don't like them anymore. And things change, and so the Yellow Pages was the fucking best. That's why everybody calls their company triple A everything, because you showed up first. But um, shit changes. But I do think this subject we're hitting on tonight is going to be next. I think there's gonna be a lot more conversation that is, I think we're having a layered conversation around kindness, giving, that's starting to, Manifest, and that's why I was excited to do it tonight. Who's got questions? Give him the mic. Um, so I wanted to know your opinion on if there was, for example, a co- you could create a company that actually made income, helping people, where you could then turn that income and reinvest it into creating other forms of ways of helping people. Is that not something that would be a positive way of, of doing something? I'll let you answer as well. My, my, my hot read on that is first and foremost, everybody should do whatever the fuck they want. Like what, my opinion means jack shit. I, there are people, like my point of view is I, for me, for me, just me, I like to build things that are business and then I get profits and with some of those profits, I like to do good things. I like separation, jab, 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 right hook. If somebody wants, if, if t- Blake, who's a great friend, did Tom's shoes and the way he liked, and many people argue which one has more scale. Whichever one has more scale is whoever executed better at their thing. Bill Gates made a lot of money and gave it, is giving it all away, and so is Warren Buffett. That's plenty of fucking scale. There, Tom's will never sell enough shoes to beat Warren Buffett in his giving back. So like, there's, I think it's about self-awareness. What makes you happy and what you think is right? I think what it is, I'm, I'm actually creating something around loneliness at the moment. I'm working with Westminster with, um, and the elderly, working how it all can kind of connect together. And obviously there's an outlay to start this off to get yep. it all going. 
um, I've been doing that myself, but it will get to a point yep. where you, you, you've got to try and uh, continue it. So to be able to turn this into a form of income where then you I got actually it. run yeah. itself or helping more people to expand. I got it. Would, it kind of I think the question is, please. No, no, sorry, man. I was going to say, if it's, if I guess, is the question like, am I right in thinking, is it like more, you mean like morally, yeah, is like the morality, like, is it okay to be autonomous? Like, yeah, of course, for sure. Like, I mean, of course you can, you can like earn, I mean, because otherwise you, you're never going to be able to complete what you want to complete. Like finances and resources are like what's needed. I'm slowly starting to realize that to keep doing what I'm doing, like gradually, gradually, you know? And, um, and I think morally, of course, man. But, like, but, again, but who gets to be the moral compass? Yeah, whose is it, right? Like, like who, us two idiots? Uh, yeah. Like what? Like that's what I think everybody has to ask. Like who? Like for me personally, it's when I go to sleep, do I feel good about myself? To myself, yeah. I'm the judge and jury, not my mom, not my wife, not my kids, and definitely not you fuckers. Me, me for me. That's why I loved the Rocky with fucking Drago, right? It's a moment that stuck with me as a kid and now 30 fucking years later I understand it when he's standing there and he's telling the fucking Soviet government, you motherfuckers weren't in the ring. I was fighting for myself, not for you in this country. I, don't, I didn't understand, I thought it's because I was born in Russia and I loved the Rocky movies, that, but, but 25 years later, somehow on some, during a shower or a flight, I don't remember when I, remember, when I understood, I'm like, fuck, that's why 13-year-old fucking me thought that was such an important moment. I'm playing for me. I'm the fucking judge and the jury, right? And how will I know that I'm not delusional? By how humans interact with me, right? When so, people say to me, well, Gary, if that's the case, how do you not become insular and delusional and how do you know? I know by how people react. But how I make decisions is me. And I think that's what he's gonna deal with. Like When you start on these things, it's judgment. It's the judgment. You only know, it's only binary, brother. There is no half pregnant. Either you're doing this because you actually wanna give, you're doing this because you wanna give and make, or you're doing this because you wanna disguise giving to really make. There's only three moves. It's, it's, it's it. And you're the only person that's gonna know. And I keep telling kids all the time, you may be able to trick the 98%, but it's the 2% that know exactly what the fuck you're doing that you're eventually gonna wanna win and you've lost because you've gone short term. This gentleman with the beard. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say, I mean, I'm a cynic at heart and I want <laughs> Yeah, I get it. And uh, I worry that altruism is just not real. Uh, I get it. If you look for any reason as to why the person doing it, you will find one. Yes. Um, but on that same vein, does that matter if you're doing good for someone? So, so with your loneliness calls, <laughs> do it. Make profit. To help more people that are lonely. That's only a good thing. I don't see how it could be a bad thing ever. And likewise with yourself, Josh, what you're doing is fantastic, but you need to make money to carry on doing that. Don't lie, you've been thinking this guy's a tosser. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree with you, I agree with you. But in answer to you, like, so altruism, like, do you mean whether it's real or is it like, are you always kind of constantly thinking, I don't know whether this is legit because I, I don't know whether someone's yeah, doing this for... Yeah, that's what's setting it hardest. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's in your own head, like you said. You mm -hmm. know, only you know. Yeah, so right, right, right. You, you know what's really fun? That, and what's really funny for me is I have parents that are literally polar opposites. My dad is a 100% default cynic, my mom is a 100% optimist, and I understand it both so, I look at everything through both of their eyes. And so I understand, so I've, you know, I've, I've I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm grateful that I skew more towards optimism, it's what entrepreneurship needs. You're blindly optimistic. Like you can't do the shit an entrepreneur does unless you're delusional and optimistic, right? But, be, but I was so grateful that I got into my dad's sphere of cynicism, right? Because what it did was it allowed me not to become delusional and there was a level of practicality that overlayered it. But to your point, like, look, my macro, and this is very simple, human beings would have been gone a long, 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 long time ago if we weren't massively, by default, good. It's crazy that we're still around. By how smart we are as animals, like the, like it's crazy actually. So, but I get it, I, I understand. And I think to your point, and I think, you know, it's interesting just even listening to you talk, I think there's a, you know, some of these words that we all throw around, somebody did something great for me. They said, hey Gary, use empathy a lot of times when you're actually saying sympathy. 
right? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I kind of, like it caught me, right? And I looked, I'm like, oh, that's true. And so like, you know, I don't know. I, I think practicality is amazing. I think I'm, I'm crazy practical. It's why for 25 years I've built businesses, never borrowed money, never lost money. Like I'm always practical. So, and I think that's a kissing cousin sometimes to cynicism. And I think, you know, I have a friend who's like, I'm cynical. I'm like, you're practical. You've got a little hint of cynicism. And I think, you know, those, you know I'm optimistic, but I'm not delusional. I mean, to take that cynicism in a, in a, in a positive yeah. way, don't worry about what yeah. you're doing. If you're doing it for a good cause. But it's funny, for, but... Yeah, but you know what's funny? Back to definitions and why words and wordsmithing matters and I always think about it. Like if you ask me, like literally cynicism is the single thing in the world I hate the most. To just default into the negative or by definition feels like sucky. But if it's practicality, just like I used empathy as sympathy at times, like I'm always, I'm always just asking, you know, I'm curious, right? Like defaulting into like, no, that's fucked up. They're tricking everybody. Like everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid. That's cynicism. Hey, watch out for, you know, so th those are just things I think about. Thank you, Ben, man. Um, so yeah, like, you know like, the whole kind of thing about um, entrepreneurs vlogging their, their journey. Yes. You've been doing it up since day one. Yes. Um, and kind of set that kind of trend. Yes. Yep. Do you feel like it's slowly starting to become a little bit oversaturated? People doing it because they're seeing your success and it's kind of like losing its kind of value because everyone wants to do it daily. Yeah. So it's a great question. One, it's like the best for D I mean the fact that people call other human beings their D-Rock at scale always makes me smile, so I like love that. Uh, you know, a couple things. I remember the three months that I debated with myself if I wanted a man to follow me around with a camera everywhere I went. As, as self-confident as I am, as much as I have my fingers in my ears, as much as I don't give a fuck of what you guys think, I'm also not tone deaf. I was like, Holy shit, if I'm gonna start walking everywhere with a man with a camera on me, boy is everyone gonna think I'm a narcissistic fuck, you know? And so I had to think it through and I'm giving you the answer to my question in story form. The biggest reason I actually finally took the plunge and said fuck it, let's go, after DRock was kind of pitching in, kind of whatever, because we knew vlogging was happening but it was all Casey and others first person, this was different, was because I remember thinking, you know what? I'm so happy that my great-great-grandkids are gonna have this. Like, I, I lost both my grandfathers before I got to know them. The thought that by chance, either one of them would have done a vlog for four years and I could watch, and I'm a big history will tell you the future. It would have just been so valuable. Every entrepreneur right now who's vlogging, who she or he thinks they're gonna make it like me, who don't have the talent or the things of that nature, or I don't think anything's ever oversaturated because I don't think the world's about being first. I think the world's about being best. I really do. Um, so that doesn't bother me if everyone's doing it. I think way, I think in 13 years from now, way more people are gonna be doing it. Like way, way more. I think the fact that the booby prize, that the booby prize of you documenting yourself for seven years, that you didn't pop and you didn't become a public speaker or your company didn't get huge, but the booby prize is that your grandchildren are gonna have it is one of the best things I think I've ever done in my life. I really believe that. And the thing is, well, I've got a, I've got a 21 year old. You do? Yeah. Oh, oh, that works for you. I, bet the, <laughs> I was about to sh I was like, man, you look fucking great. Black definitely doesn't crack. You look great, bro. <laughs> 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 There's a point where like, it was like, I'm probably depressed because like, he's not getting his followers, not getting the views and stuff like that. And I just had to say to him, like, your whole thing about the whole thing about patience as well. And um, he put his you 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 know that's who I'm going after that's you know that's what I'm going after like living a life where you're comparing yourself to somebody else fucking sucks Mental. it's a mad idea isn't it it's just it's just devastating and and that's why I have so much cynicism towards the people that rent Lamborghinis to make it look like they own it to then sell kids cuz because this is going to be a mental health issue my number one fear no question is what's about to happen. I know that I'm gonna have to go through a period of time where people are gonna blame me for things that I had nothing to do with because entrepreneurship at scale is gonna fail during the next economy collapse and a lot of people are not gonna be able to deal with the following. Right now, 
on your Instagram account, it says you're an entrepreneur. You're manipulating your creative on your Instagram, so you're showing when you're at parties, or when you're with somebody cool, or you're taking 5,000, I mean the worst of the worst, you're taking $5,000 of cash out of the bank and taking a picture of you holding it all, or you know, normal, cliche, alpha male things, and females too, but like, you know, um, and the world's gonna melt, and you're gonna have to go from being this successful entrepreneur on Instagram to going and getting a job. My fear is that there are a lot of people that are not gonna have the mental strength to walk around with that scarlet letter. When you're gonna have to go there, and you're gonna have to deal with that post, because you haven't posted for four months on Instagram because you're not showing your Lambo anymore, and the comments start streaming in like, yo bro, like just the last comment of you flossing, like not flossing anymore, saw you working at the fucking bank this weekend. I'm very, and I don't mean kind of, I'm substantially worried about this because I think we're talking about a generation that was overcoddled by modern day parenting who don't look at adversity as a good thing, they look at it as a bad thing. I saw a lot of you react. I'm telling you with my whole soul, go meet anybody who's known me for 40 years. I love losing. I love it. Fucking love it. I, I live for it. Here's why. Because I think I deserve it. If I play you one-on-one -on -one and you beat me, like what, I fucking love. Like I love the merit of the game. That's why I love entrepreneurship. I like when my companies fail or my strategies fail or we lose a client. I love it. I mean it, I mean it, I mean it, I mean it. Literally, another text, this is what's so, by the way, this is the, the most intense part, back to what you said earlier about being an entrepreneur. If you're actually an entrepreneur, meaning like it's your company, all your day is is a bunch of shit. You're the last line of defense along with the fucking context out of place that I have to deal with personally, I get another text that we lost a piece of business, 650,000 in revenue, and I knew we were gonna lose it. And I couldn't get around to fixing it. Because I'm the CEO, I got a lot of shit going on. And I loved it. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I knew it, I couldn't get to it, I should've got to it. I did a bunch of other dumb shit. I'm doing this fucking stupid thing instead of it. If, I, if that's what I cared about, I'm being serious. I don't have to. Your actions are like manifest its reality. I think it's what I'm most worried about with these kids that are gonna fail and can't be fake entrepreneurs on Instagram anymore is they weren't brought up in an environment where losing was good. They were brought in an environment where losing was bad. And that's something I wanna change. We ha I think we have to stop giving seventh place trophies. It's bad for kids. I told my son the other day, my son is all about sports now. I told him right to his beautiful little face the other day, I'm like, he said to me, Dad, how old am I gonna be when I can dunk? I said, bro, you're never gonna dunk. <laughs> he said, why? I said, genetics. <laughs> but tennis is great. And, and it might be, some, you know, or he might buy a basketball team, but, but what's really fun, and this is now me going through it, right? Hypotheses are cute, execution's different listening to him three weeks later play with one of his friends and he's telling his friend to take jump shots. Like he's like, no, no, let's go out here and take shots. He go, and, and, and he goes, because we're never gonna, he put it on him too. That kid won't dunk either, but, but he goes, cause we're never gonna dunk. And the kid goes, why? He goes, because my dad told me and I just keep playing it over in my mind. Me being radically candorous with him is gonna help him. It's gonna help him be a human that can deal with adversity and things that don't come, like, like life. And it's gonna help him actually in something he's passionate about because if he just stays on the outside, he could be a nice little you know, pickup basketball player if he doesn't play around the rim like every other idiot that never gets to dunk and actually works on a fucking jump shot. I don't know, this is something we need to bring back into society. Merit, accountability. We need to put these on pedestals, not over coddling fake environments you know how many kids' startups are being funded by their parents but nobody's saying shit? And then that same kid shitting on their parents? I mean, there's so much fucked up shit going on. This is why I love the internet. It's exposing, it's getting hard to hide. And it's gonna get harder and harder and harder and everybody's gonna hate it because everybody's living life because of shadows. But when you get to the other side of it, when we stop being hypocrites because we know that everybody sucks at shit and everybody's got shortcomings in 130 years, I'm so pissed I don't get to be around for that because that's just gonna be fucking amazing. And I think a lot of what you're doing is thematically in what we're talking about here. It's not gonna matter how we're judged now. 
It's gonna matter how we're judged later because that's where shit's gonna play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what, what I take from that, uh, bringing that into like some of the stuff that I do is I just think it's really important to recognize like what you want in your life. Like what do you actually want? Like what do you want? When I go and talk to, in, uh, to kids in school and stuff, it's like, of course, like the first thing is, well, maybe I wanna be an influencer. I wanna be famous. I wanna be this, I wanna be that. It's like, because that's what's there. And that's why long form is so important. Like it's so important to have long form to say, yeah, do you wanna live out of a suitcase for three months? You know, do you, I haven't got a TV. Like, you know what I mean? Like as in like, I'm just saying, if you've got to show the other side of that. And I think that's what's really important here is not just the mirage of what the kind of one side of it is. Um, so yeah, what do you want? What's your lifestyle? Like, what do you actually want is the most but, important question. And we're going to get right to you, man. But like, but then it's demonized the other way. Like I'm being demonized because I believe in work ethic, right? Hustle porn, work too much. Like everything, everything runs in trends. Work ethic is not going to be demonized when the world collapses and everyone's looking for jobs. Just won't. How much of your values are shaped by how you grew up? For me, you know, I don't know what the percentages of the environment of Jersey. I know it definitely affected the way I curse. I, disproportionately, the way my mom raised me is a lot. I mean, Freud kind of like this has been established environment, nature, nurture, like these things have been. But like, man, fuck. All of it, <laughs> like, like I know it's not true that it's all of it because there's other serendipities, but fuck, so much. I am so outlandishly grateful for how my mother raised me. It's, it's so inconsistent. I'm writing a book in my head that I will write one day called Perfectly Parented and it's gonna be from my perspective of what she and my dad, listen, I'll tell you this, I'm gonna share something also I don't share a lot, I'm in the zone right now. I was naturally more full of shit than I am, and it's probably why I'm such a good showman. It was my dad's insanity, that embellishment, forget about lying, that embellishment was like fraud. My dad was so extreme, Eastern European, like don't, like, like I remember one time he was like, he's like, how'd it go? I was like, we sold 39 cases. And then like four days later, he's like, we sold 38 cases and like scared the fuck out of me. I was like, okay, like, like I, so I give my mom a lot of credit because the great thing that happened to me is I didn't know my dad for the first 14 years of my life because he worked every minute and all his negativity and cynicism and stuff didn't affect me so I had all that optimism but then, I mean this is back to gratitude, right when I needed it because I was starting to form, right? 13, 14, I'm starting to really mold and I was a salesman. I would say anything to you to get that sale, anything. Santa Claus, fucking like, you know, like fucking anything. Going through the extremity of working with my dad every weekend, every holiday, every summer vacation, those 45 minute rides, his complete and utter disdain for embellishment, let alone lying, completely changed the course of my life. I think that, it's why I understand, you know, sometimes when I have cynicism, like, oh, he's full of shit, I'm like, hmm. I wonder if they can sense what I was from one to 13 before my dad, you know, like, you know, like the gift of gab and that when you have the ability to communicate the way I do, you often end up bad because when you have that level of manip- manipulation skill, you tend to thank God the inside was good, which has allowed me to manifest this way. But you know what happens? I, this is why when I talk about, like this is why I don't think I'm anything. I think I have nothing to do with me. When good things happen to me or people think I'm special, I'm like, ooh, my parents, that must be awesome feeling. Right, because I understand that. When people say good things about VaynerMedia, I feel good. I've operated and built that, right? When people say good things about my kids, I will feel that. With me, it's like, that's Sasha and Tamara, that's communism and capitalism, that's America in the 80s, that's Jersey, you know, that's my friends that I stumbled across along the way. But in truth, to answer your question directly, the most. She made it happen. Correct, yes. I am a big byproduct of emotional intelligence and work ethic, an enormous byproduct. Me, my mom, and my dad make a joke that we're working dogs. My parents don't know how to relax. Our default is to work. We like it. It's our hobby. I would, like, I like to work. I'm sorry. I don't want to go skiing. I do not want to go on a yoga retreat. I'm not interested in being on Twitch for nine hours unless I'm psychoanalyzing the framework of 14-year-old gamers. You know, like, so, you know, I think everybody gets to do what they want. That's back to judgment, right? Like, I also don't, you know, this is when I get mad when people think that I'm pushing too much hustle. I'm like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I say all the time, just be happy. Like, make 46,000 a year and be on 10 softball teams. If you're pumped at home, then you're good. You can't 
work 10 hours a week and expect to build a billion dollar company. Don't be delusional. Just like I have to understand the ramifications of me being here tonight is I'm not tucking in my kids. So like when they're 27 and they're 18 times closer to my wife, I'm like, like, you know, so you just have to, you have to, like that's what I like. Like life is fair, I believe, in a way that I don't know if other people do, but so yes, that's what I am. I've got two more minutes, let's read one more question. Cool. Um, I manage music artists, and I know you do a lot of music artists and music and stuff on your social media. Um, we started putting out a song on DSPs every month, and we now do a song a week on YouTube, which is a demo. We then went on tour in Europe and started daily vlogging the tour, and the fans can't seem to get enough. Do you think there's ever too much content? No, I do not. Because I think the fragmentation of attention is different than 1984. Madonna could do too much exposure because there was only 37 places and if she kept doing it, we would get bored. In today's world, there's so much, as big as I am or as big as a, I mean as big as like Drake is, like most, like it's so much fragmentation, right? Like you talk, you back to hip hop, you look at average 15 year old kids, what they like in hip hop, like nobody knows who they are because they're all SoundCloud rappers, right? So like, I think, no I do not. It, look, The music business is predicated on a singular hit that changes the course of your career. So why wouldn't you give yourself 365 chances a year for that singular hit? Right? It, it, I'm telling you, this is ideology of the past. Not This is everything for me right now in society and definitely in business. We have not yet, as a collective, completely understood what the internet is. I mean, I'm, not even, I'm just being very basic. Like, we, it's a young thing. We're, but just like the macro, brother. Like everything we do is predicated on a world that was predicated on print and television and radio. But now the internet's number one, it is. And so every rule goes the other way because distribution is not limited. Distribution was limited in the old world. So everything was formed around that distribution. In this world, it's in perpetuity, unlimited. So it becomes a game of best, not first. They'll never, you know? And so, yeah, I think you should put out as much fucking content as possible. Let's sneak in this, I know we have two minutes, but go ahead, sir. One more so, okay. So the question is, ambition is here, right? Yes. It's here, so there's a, there's a gap, and how do you guys deal with that pressure, that voice in your head that says, more content, more this, more that, bam, bam, bam. So because that could be, you know, a lot of stress, obviously, on you, and yep. you don't move at the end of yep. the day, because you're always saying, like, I should do this, I should do that, and then you're going from A to B, but nothing to do I think if you love doing what you're doing, you know, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. For me, I put, only put stuff out where I feel like it, and I only hit someone on Instagram when I feel like doing it actually at that time. So it's always just based on how I feel. Like, I want to do what I do, and I'm pretty sure I don't want to answer for you. It's, you that know? would have been my answer until somebody very smart, friend of mine, Tom Bellew, on a podcast with me, looked me dead in the face, rocked me, rocked me, because it's true. Very similar to how you pegged me with, you know, EQ and work ethic. He rocked me. He goes, do you know what your superpower is? And I'm already pumped. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> like, what is it? I'm like, what is it? And you know, and usually in those moments, I think he's gonna say something like, work ethic and EQ would not surprise me. That I'm super understand. But he looked at me, he goes, your superpower, and, I've, and you have this more than anybody I've ever seen, your ability to not judge yourself is remarkable. And that's my answer. Every day, my ambition is insane. If I decide to sleep all 24 hours in the next 24 hours, I'm thrilled. It's a, it's, it's, it is the combination of those two. I love what I do, and if today, like my ability, like, and this gets into a singular voice mentality. Because I don't think most people are actually judging themselves either. I think they're taking the voices of others to allow themselves to be judged. People are like, Gary, I hear you, but what if you're, you know, they're like, I get it, don't listen to others, but what if your own voice, the one in your own head is telling you you suck shit, or this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, you've taken on the voice of someone else. I really believe that. And for some reason, through self-esteem, serendipity, and many other things, very, I mean, I consciously, in third grade, decided to not try in school. Not because I was the normal third grader, because I definitely wasn't. It was because I was like, fuck, this has nothing to do with my life. And I'm gonna start working on my actual skill. And I'm willing to deal with the judgment of my teachers. Do you know how not fun it is to grow up your whole life and have your, all your friends' parents think you're a loser? 
because the only framework in society at that time is your school grades. I think more kids have to learn how to be in a framework of adversity because the alternative is why we have so much sadness, which is parents are creating fake environments, kids have no adversity, and everything's taken care of in one way or the other, whether through financial or delusion, and then they go into the real world, and mommy and daddy aren't around anymore, are they? We're good. Thank you. Cheers. podcast it's me Gary uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast uh, I've been blown away by the explosion of the podcast this year and speaking about this year this is the year that my empathy wine comes out empathywines.com is the website empathywines with an s.com is the website if you've enjoyed this free podcast and it's brought you any value whatsoever it would mean so so much to me that at least you could go there and sign up for a three bottle subscription. Or if you're really into wine and you drink 36 bottles of wine a year, I highly recommend that you sign up for Club Empathy, which gives you a case of the rosé, the white and the red. And by the way, I hear it all the time. Well, what if I don't drink red? Or what if I only like rosé? You can give away the bottles because what comes along with a Club Empathy subscription is the fact that for 720 bucks, which is what gets you the three cases of wine, you also get an SMS sommelier, which means that there is a text number that you can text anytime, a cell number, that you can text anytime if you're going to Napa and want us to set up the trip for you, if you need a bottle of wine for your boss, like literally a white glove butler service of all your wine needs if you sign up for Club Empathy. Empathywines.com. Buy it or I'll die. <laughs>